Okay, everybody. Well, obviously, we're coming to you midweek, so this is another special episode. In this case, this is our two-year special anniversary episode. Um, kind of hard to believe it's been two years since we started this whole thing, but it is. And actually, it's kind of almost more like two and a half, three from when we started the whole project. And uh, well, this should have been out on September 20th, but September 20th and the last couple of week, uh, week of uh, September was pretty ridiculously busy so we finally got a chance to put this one out so we are here with the whole crew hi crew hi hi and hi. um we are uh, gathered around here and uh, we're gonna go and uh, kind of talk about this second year anniversary so who here thought that we'd be here two years later i did you seriously thought we we're gonna yeah. be here two years later yeah i don't know I, I didn't know if we'd make it past the first year to be honest it's uh you know, we all got inspired through the other podcasts that we listened to and whatnot, and uh, a lot more involved to do it than just uh, just picking up a game and playing it. Oh yeah, we learned an awful lot in that first year. Let me tell you, um, yeah. not the least of which a whole new recording setup. Yeah, which is a, a big credit to you, obviously, because you're the one that has to stay up with all the other things he already does and edit and all the little sneezes and snuffles and bad words and whatnot that kind of occasionally slip out. We've gotten better at it, that though, but. You know, if our next adventure is in like a pepper factory, then all the sneezes and snuffles are part of it. Yeah. Well, how long? Well, we were at the dwarves. Yeah. You could have done it then. Just saying, it could be part of the game. I don't think people want to listen to that. <laughs> well, it's also because I mean, you know, we're we're a normal sized party. You know, we don't have seven. We don't have three. We have five. Which I've everyone's always I've always I've always heard that four is the ideal party. I've always thought it was five. And. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get five people with five random lives together just to sit down is hard enough, much less put out a podcast once a week. I know I have a lot of issues at times with my own life and whatnot, but the fact that we've managed to keep it going and not fall behind or fall out, something to be proud of. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, in, uh, on that note, we've definitely seen a number of um, other podcasts fall by the wayside. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of amazing. And big credit to you guys for committing to uh, actually getting it done here. So that's pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so here's a question for you all. Um, did you think that we'd be ranked nine by this time? Or did you think we'd only be ranked nine by this time? I actually, I never really get thought about it. You know, everybody loves leveling, right? Mm -hmm. We all love leveling. You all get those new yeah. skills. Numbers tick up. Yeah, you get better. But I don't know if I ever actually thought about where we would be at in two years. And at one point, I think I thought really just level nine, but then I realized how often we get together and how long we actually play, and it made sense after that aspect. So we don't get together as often as some people do. And we do a lot more role playing. It's not like yeah. just dungeon crawls. I mean, mm. We could be higher level mm -hmm. if it was every week. You know, Combat. we had five major encounters. Yeah, you know, we get. Maybe one major encounter every four sessions, you know. Yeah. And that's, again, that's one of the things about when you join a DM group or excuse me, a, a game group, you have to find out exactly what type of game you're getting into. Because if you're one of those players that is heavily into combat, this, pro this particular podcast probably wouldn't be the best for you. You're taking mm. away my play toy? And yet another reason is we don't just sit down and, oh, how many XP do I get from killing that monster? It's, oh, the DM says, oh, you've leveled up. So we could be getting more XP. We could be getting less XP. It's yeah. just 
thematically when we get well, something. Uh, now that's something I think our listeners know is we don't actually, unlike the more traditional sense, we don't get numbers at the end of every podcast recording. Mm-hmm. We actually have no idea where we're at until our DM says you've leveled. So it's, it's a lot like milestone leveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually uh, uh, people often ask us, like, do you guys do milestone or do you XP? And we say, yes, we do. And it, basically the way I do it is we have various, you know, arc milestones that are going on you're going from here to here to here to here and so um certain ones of these i've hit you know you guys have to be such and such a level by the time you get here so um i'll go and write down all the encounters that you guys are going to run into or could possibly run into and then you know tick up all the xp and then if like if it's too little i know i haven't put enough content in and so we'll put some extra encounters that you're going to run into or maybe another part of the storyline. And if there's too little then or too many, then I'll say, oh, wow, we've got way too much here and maybe move some of this to the, the next story arc or something like that. Um, but then, yeah, it basically becomes milestone leveling at that point in time. But with, you know, the actual XP added in there to make sure we do have enough enough going on. So it isn't just, you know, giving you stuff there. Okay. I don't know. For me, the flow seems pretty good. I'm not yeah, sitting there going, oh, how come I'm not at the next level yet? I mean, towards the mm-hmm. end, we all kind of like, hey, it's been a, a few sessions. Maybe we ought to be getting Grinding. close, yeah. you know, but it's not like. A- well, it, it's di- I, it's different for me because I multiclassed. So like you guys are being at level nine straight versus me being six and three. It's like I'm just now beginning to get the really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, just be patient. It's going to happen. And I have like three levels of really cool things about to happen. And and the funny part is like, I get outside and I see the really cooler stuff you're at because you guys stayed pure. And I'm like. I think it's nice to actually have a little bit of time to explore each level. Yeah. And I mean, you have to get understand the nuances and how they all work. I just now figured out how, you know, stunning strike works. Exactly. So you could level, you know, every three games and that's great. But if you're not, if you don't have a good basis of how your character runs, then every, after, for long, it takes, okay, it's another combat. Okay. We beat it. Let's go. Yeah. You know, or wow. I I didn't even realize I had that power because it's not even when you start off at a first level, everyone's like, oh, it's so boring. But that's where you really learn how the abilities work. Yeah. If you start off at third or fifth, you don't quite understand the nuances and you're yeah. not going to utilize it to the fullest. And, and by the time you hit 9, 10, 11, 12 or higher, you're still going back to the basics because the basics are what are saving your character at times. Mm-hmm. So, And if you don't have those down, then your character's like, well, how did I lose my character? I could have done this, this, and this. Well, you didn't think about it because you never laid that down. Yeah, the uh, dangers we've seen when we were doing the play test of saying, okay, everyone make a 10th level character and you know, you're going through and it's like, how does this work now? And, oh, I forgot I can do this. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. What, well, what's really – I'm about to bring him into it. What's really cool about this particular podcast, because I've, I listen to a bunch of other ones, but in this particular podcast, you have Noan played by Matt, Adri played by Jesse, and Arlen played by Owen. And the three of you have one thing in common, and that's his sorcery points and your guys' key points. That's a whole aspect of this game I don't ever have to worry about. But and I and mm-hmm. I watch you guys, you have to flip open your books, you're counting, you're recounting, mm-hmm. you're dividing, and it's a whole balancing act. 
And that's why we're like listening to this is hearing when someone goes, okay, I'm going to activate this many key points, do this, and then I watch how you stack it. Mm-hmm. And that's where your character really shines is mm-hmm. when you're stacking those. Yeah. That's the cool thing for me. Yeah, and it gets even, it kind of adds to the randomness of Arlen. He, getting up to ninth level, I finally have fifth level spell slots. Which give me like nine sorcery points back if I want to exchange a fifth level spell slot for sorcery points, which is completely crazy. I could either give us all of these options with sorcery points or have a fifth level spell slot or exchange them back and forth, spend nine to get my fifth level spell slot back, which I've used multiple times yeah. already. Have you ever had, now as a character, have you ever done something like, okay, I'm going to use this for spell slot or spell, or excuse me. Sorcerer points and like, and then like the very next turn, you're like, I really wish I had that fifth level spell slot. <laughs> Did you have you run into that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and because of the flexibility of the sorcery points, all I kind of did was, um, hmm, I have 10 or 11 uh, sorcery points. So I'm going to spend nine of them this <laughs> bonus action and turn it back into my fifth level spell slot. And then for my action, I would do a fifth level magic missile or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I've a, a lot of times I've uh, mid mid round exchanged sorcery points for uh, spell slots. So I could actually do the thing that I wanted to do. That's one of the things I'm just about as we've gone through this last year, what we're supposed to be talking about, but this conversation's great. We're slowly like moving past our magic items. It's like, oh yeah. Or at the beginning we were talking, oh, it would be really cool if he just like was in the middle of all these enemies and fourth level fireballed himself as his wild magic thing. But now he can just do that anyway. So <laughs> he can fireball himself at any time. So yeah, it's like how much longer until you can just cast something equivalent to the wand of magic missiles now? Uh, that would be far, far down the line. That would be yeah. like 17th level. Oh, yeah. Because if, if I wanted to, I could cast a ninth level magic missile or eighth level magic missile. I think at that point, you're not even thinking about magic missile. You're thinking about how can I tailor the villa reality and bring in this monstrous creature to do yeah. my bidding. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. we're, we're approaching the power level of the stuff we were just so grasping at at the beginning. The, the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing out of Owen is our next level up because I know that you get another meta magic at that point and I'm really interested mm-hmm. in seeing which one you pick. Yeah, I've been I've been looking at a couple, but I haven't quite chosen which one yet. We'll have to wait and see what you get when we actually do the level up, mm-hmm. which can't be too far away. We did just take yeah, down we just a, killed the dragon. dragon. What are you looking forward to? Right now, no one is is I'm playing with the alignment game. So I'm I'm more focused on the role playing. The role playing than the abilities. Cuz I know that's a, that's been a big growth for you cuz when and I think if, I think unless you've listened to it, you're still going to think well no one's just this kind of antisocial person, but if you've been listening from the beginning or in our case been playing from the beginning, I've seen no one go from being like the char- the character played by Judd Nelson mm-hmm. in The Breakfast Club to being more like you're still him, but you're almost socially awkward about it now. Like you're beginning to forcibly being pulled out of your show whether you want to or not. And Noah made an alignment change. And I've been playing that over the, 
over the years, rolling dice for random stuff. I started as chaotic neutral, mm -hmm. and I actually moved to lawful neutral. And part of that is, as each session, I'd have little indicators of what I was going to do one way or another, be nice to the party or reject the party, things like that. And I'd roll. And then slowly have been shifting. Are, do you, are you planning to become like lawful good at some point? I don't know. He's going to multi-class into paladin. But that would uh, be scary. A monk that could a monk that could smite on every strike. Well, he'd have to have the spell slot. <laughs> Who yeah. Okay, I okay. Let's just let's just play around. He gets second level. He gets two first level spell slots, and he flurry of blows. Yeah, uh, can, uh, and, and <laughs> can you do smiting, stunning strikes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I see a beholder. No one suddenly makes an appearance on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, and then quivering yeah. pump. Beep. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Well, actually, if you multi-class, you'll never get that. Well, it depends when I multi-class. Isn't that like a level 20 ability? No. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you go. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I'm playing no one is, is and the abilities are kind of factor into that. So what they do is they allow me to to act more in a, accordance to how I want the, the character to develop versus just beating the monster. So little examples is I might be more apt to do, uh, you know, dodge versus flurry of blows so that I can protect someone versus yeah. just mm -hmm. hammering them. And that's probably like the biggest change we've seen on no one in the course of these last two years. I mean, when you first started playing him, he was completely self-focused. And it was all about, you know, last really hits. Said, you know, and, well, protecting yourself. And, you know, over time now, he's like giving money away to people that need it. And, you know, as you said, protecting, you know, the group and, you know, assigning magic items that might be better to other people rather than just keeping them to himself. So we've definitely seen an evolution in, in Noan's character. Which is funny, and I'm going to draw a correlation. So where you've gone from being that social, you know, not, mm -hmm. forget it, to that social awkward lawful, mm -hmm. with Cotter, I see the opposite. He's, he was this stalwart defender. Like, he would put mm -hmm. himself between everybody. He'd react to mm -hmm. everything, but he wasn't actually going after anybody. Mm -hmm. But as he's gotten more used to, and he, I mean, uh, uh, Bryce, has gotten more used to Cotter, now he's become, in my opinion, way more aggressive. Now, instead of waiting for that guy to get close to and threaten with his people, you know, he lights a sword and he just jumps right into it. Which, which is, is sort of the Templar type mentality we yes. would expect from a paladin. And it's interesting, Noan and Adri, both when they left, uh, left the monastery, you know, well, each had a missive, and mine was know yourself. That's what Master Cho mm -hmm. told me to do as I left. So mm -hmm. I've been working with that arc from day one. Yeah, we've definitely seen you take numerous steps down that road. We'll have to see where it ends. That'll be very interesting. And um, so, Drew, are you looking forward to anything else in this upcoming year? We've, we've jumped into the what are you looking forward to section now. Uh, sorry about that if I jumped ahead. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about a couple of things. Um, like I, for the players, like I said, I can't wait to see what they're doing. Um, with my own character, I'm looking forward to getting more and more into the cleric aspect because I'm coming up on two or three levels that are really going to give me more flexibility as a cleric. But at the same time, I still want to sink or I'm still debating if I'm going to sink any more levels back into Barbarian. 
and I'm still waiting to see if Nawada's going to do anything, you know, as you as Nawada, mm-hmm. if you're going to give me something more to do or where the Dragonborn are going, and that's going to affect how I grow my character as well. Sounds good, yeah. Anything else in the storyline that uh, interests you? I know it really embarrasses him and it makes him feel awkward, but I think there's a lot more that's going to be coming from Cotter and Cotter's life in Port of Magnum. And uh, a, a large part of that, I know we had a role-playing moment about it, is the fact that you're now the head of your family, which is what you never wanted. And yeah, you married well to have some support there, but you're still going to have to at some point step up and lay the law down. And you haven't done that yet. And as we've been moving, it's like, okay, what's going to help the party? Can this help my family? But right now you're here with the family and here with the party. And I have a feeling similar to what I had to do with the Dragonborn. You're going to have to mash it together and be like, okay, enough. This is what's going to happen. So like when when the mom comes in and then there's the tension between the mom and the sister and the new wife and then Porta Magnum and you're still a paladin, a dianect. You haven't been, in in my opinion, you have not balanced that at all. (laughs) You're being tugged back and forth. And at some point you're going to have to, you know, Paladin up <laughs> and lay Decide, it down. Decide: Are you going to be head of household, or are you going to be a paladin, or you know what is your primary focus? Yeah, you're going to have to find. You know, you're going to find. You're going to have to trim all three sides, and say, okay, yes, I am. Yes, I am still Cotter. I am Cotter, the paladin of Dianect. This is my family to lead. This is my wife who is following my lead, and even when she spits, like, ah, yes, you are. <laughs> And this is what we're going, this is our goal. And this is how we're going to get there. And it starts like, no more sending messages about pottery when I'm fighting a dragon. Really? That's not cool, guys. Um, Grow up. Yeah. But that's how I see it. How you see it as a player is totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, over to you there, Bryce. Um, What are you looking forward to coming up in this next year, uh, you know, for the character or in the game? So I... I actually didn't really have that in mind for exciting things in the future. Um, I think it'll be interesting to... uh, One of the things I've been thinking about is um, when we talked with the fishermen who were getting onto his boat... Oh, we haven't done that yet. Well, you assume you're getting onto his boat. Oh, but Mm -hmm. it's the precise words you said. So I can't. Okay, never mind. So you're looking. You're looking forward to no. the. Uh... So, w- what I w- what I was gonna say is, when he said that, if we got his wife back, he'd follow. He'd lead us to hell and back. And I was reading down the, sheet of the prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> that's on there. So, yeah. the last one. Yeah. I have a question for you, and this mm-hmm. is I, I know you can prefer not to answer because I'm just a player asking the dungeon master, but. When you develop this world and this storyline, like uh, if you go into a li- uh, bookstore and you look at the back of the book, let's say, you know, the set into Avernus, it tells you this is for levels one to whatever. How far did you see us going level-wise for your story? Um, actually, you know, that's the thing about it. I kind of left it open-ended. And my, my thought process there was, I mean, obviously, like I said, we've seen um, – some of the associated podcasts, you know, that we've known have gone by the wayside as, you know, the people running the podcast ran out of gas and, and couldn't keep it going or the crew or the cast fell apart. They couldn't keep going or, you know, other things happened. And so I kind of left that open thinking that, you know, 
you know, we could go through the thing and we could get to the end of the, the story arc and we might be 17th level or 16th level or 15th level. And then I would just kind of write that last part so that it would uh, equal out whatever level you guys were at. So it would be a, so, a you know acceptable challenge there. Or we could run it all the way to 20th level if things are running and things are going around really, really good. Or, you know, basically, you know, if something tragic happened, like, you know, it's like all of a sudden a bunch of people were going to move away to South America and live in the Andes where there is no Internet. And and uh, who told you that? And they uh, and so we, you know, we'd like could basically write something that you would end the storyline right there. But I'm kind of hoping that we run all the way up to 20th level and, and get it done there. But we'll see. Something that's always uh I thought would be cool. You get to 20th level and you're like, yay. And I was like, okay, pick a new class and start at level one. If you had a game that could go, who's to say you can't be a 20th level monk and a 20th level rogue and a 20th level this? I mean, especially if you're an elf, you have a long time. And we've leveled up to level nine in three or four months game time. Well, here's the interesting thing about that because I had that thought too. And when they redid 5E, because I've read a lot of the whole races, there's actually not a lot of long-lived races anymore, and I think the longest-lived race right now is a gnome, but everybody else, when you see their ages, they all die out at about 125 years old. But ninth level in three or four months. I know. So conceivably, our characters could get the 20th level in two or, two or more classes. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, if cons- you really want to be a demigod, that's how you do it. Yeah, but then you're, you're, you're a level one rogue walking around with, a paladin's level 20 hit points. You know, what's he going to throw at you at that point? Well, then clearly it's like, hey, you need to go steal the wand of Orcus type of thing. But, you know, mm. but uh, I, w- I would throw uh, kobolds that do uh, 12d12 damage. At yeah, you. exactly. Or just a thousand kobolds. So Take I want to put you on the spot. I know this is on your list, but I just had this thought. So it's comp- and this is going to make, make it really awkward. But since you're the dungeon master and you've been watching us for two years now, who did you think may not make it to this point from level one? You know, actually, um, I had real questions. I like how Arlen's raising his hand. <laughs> actually, the answer if, is me. It's no, me. I had real questions on what whether Kraval was going to make it uh, as Gernval. I or, didn't know either. Or whether you know it was going to be one of these things where his two dual personalities would just run him off a cliff at some point. Oh, we have to see. I mean, I would, we came close well, to killing you. Well, and that's the thing. I actually, uh, of all, you, uh, you asked about how excited I was about Creval. The most fun I've had playing this character is when I was doing that section. And I kind of, I, I was happy to do it. And I was, I was like, okay, when it was kind of sad when it ended because I wasn't ready for that aspect of that role playing to go away because it threw a little bit of chaos and freshness into it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also know, like you said, at the worst time it could have came out. And now it's like, and we were aggro. Yeah. We were going to take your character out. Well, and that's the really funny part. I don't think Jesse is any more like Noan than whenever Creval acts up. Yeah. Then all of a sudden she drops being Adrian. She becomes Noan 2.0. Yeah, well, Kill she, him. Well, because she is half drow. So yeah, maybe that's say? what it is. She's got bad in her heart. <laughs> I <laughs> wouldn't say that. Wasn't there this big, long discussion about how I wouldn't have we were the racists? <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, you, well, you, you're the one who tried to murder her. Let's be clear on that. 
We're the ones who that was the other thing. <laughs> that I know that was in our original first mm-hmm. year, but that that was a good role play moment. I thought at least for a couple of rounds, I thought we were going to go toe to toe. And and I really had to turn the screws on on Owen and Bryce to say, okay, this is how your characters will react because they've been told since day yeah. one that the Drow are bad people. So even though it's Jesse sitting across the table from you and you you know friends with Jesse and you like Jesse. No, this is, you know, Adri, who all of a sudden has just appeared to be some sort of terrible spy in your midst. I will say this, that if, if, you were, if we swapped the characters at that moment and I was playing at that time Alistair, a.k.a. Cotter, that I would have at least made one attempt on Adri with an attack. At least one. Well, so. I, I don't know. I, Jesse did a really good oh, job of making an impassioned plea to everyone to stand down and in fact i was really really enthused with what she came up with on the spur of the moment there so and no one fantastic. would have killed you that, that's what i'm saying that would have made things a lot worse but i, yeah. I it would have been interesting to play it out mm-hmm. yeah i'm well, still happy how it went yeah. don't get me wrong but that would have been really interesting to see yeah we all stopped the game at fourth level because yeah. of betrayal by the lawful good people yeah, yeah. not lawful good Well, actually, speaking of you there, let's bounce back to uh, what we were looking forward to. And, uh, Owen, what are you looking forward to uh, in the game or in the leveling process for uh, your character this year? I'm really looking forward to the types of creativity that you put into the next phylacteries that we have to get, like, the one after the island is a castle on a cloud and um, how you're going to somehow fit Limiz into this. Um, <laughs> Don't think I didn't think about that. <laughs> fit what? Uh, Limiz. I've never seen it, so. I, I, I oh, haven't a, seen it either. You're talking about Les Miserables? Yeah. yeah. Les Miserables. Yeah. Yeah. Or how I assume yeah, there's, there's a song. There's a, a song called cloud. Castle on a Cloud. Oh, you um, guys are so disappointing me. <laughs> I saw it and once. It's one of I'm, I'm an uncouth geek cretin, so don't worry about it. I highly suggest listening to it. It is a very good song. Yeah, you um, go to YouTube sing, and then just type in Castle on a Cloud, see what you get. I sing every single part. It's wonderful. Um, but aside New from episode? looking at that, I'm really uh, interested in seeing how Arlen evolves. I've become more confident, I think, in role-playing a little more. Um and because of that, I, f- I feel that Arlen has become a little bit more confident in himself. And uh, even though what's going on is still quite random, I feel like he um, has kind of like learned to accept it a little bit more and learned to uh, work through the random to... Um, to make everything, all of the outcomes come out the way that he wants to. And I'm just really excited to see how much further I can actually push that. Just about the random, when was the last time you used Tides of Chaos? Well, he has to roll for Tides it. of Chaos? Yeah. You no, know, he can post uh, it at any time. It, it just rolls to see if it discharges. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, he hasn't had to. Time yet. I yeah. used Tides mm-hmm. of Chaos. Um, like, I know you did it with the dwarves once. Yeah, it's been yeah, about I that long. I did it with the Dragonborns once. Well, I think also because and that because like, of our level and the increase in our proficiency and increase when you hit those those levels, where you can increase your stats. 
that the odds of him needing to use Tides of Chaos has gone down a lot. Also, I've just been ridiculously lucky on my rolls. Arlen, lucky um, on rolls? I don't believe it. I know, right? I want no, make... I haven't gotten... I'm going to jinx myself I right now. <sighs> I haven't gotten not a lot of... Not, I haven't gotten that ones in a very long time. I just rolled one right now for you. That's like you. your fourth one you've rolled on that particular die. You need to mail that to your brother. I've got a nat um, one, too. Oh, I, I've got a question for you that that, uh, that is uh, might put you a little on the spot. Because something you just yeah. said. So you said you said you were getting more confident in Arlen as a character, which is funny to me because in terms of role play, I think some of the best role play moments that we've had in this recording have come from you as Arlen. The drinking of like the bat, the wa- the rose colored hand water, those little, those little <laughs> farm boy moments have been, I think, in my opinion, some of the best role play moments in terms of comedy and being very true to the character. And, and I think even in this uh, last visit to Arlen's farm, just asking, "Is my favorite cow still here?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't have written that, you yeah. know. So that was <laughs> hilarious. When I came up with the concept of Arlen, I really just wanted. I knew I wanted to do a sorcerer and I was looking through it and I was like, Oh, I don't really want to go down the draconic sorcery line because that would make it really hard for me to come up with the backstory. And so I just decided to make it really creepy instead. A a little too creepy. If you remember, I kicked it back to you and said, make this less creepy. (laughs) Please add more details. So it does not sound like horribleness. Can we get Um, the original? Was it, was it like squeal like a pig creepy or what? It was, it was basically uh, it was the same one, just even more silence details. of the lambs. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah, it, it was missing details so that uh, it was from Arlen's point of view and not necessarily from what actually happened point of view. Mm. Um, but when I came up with the concept of Arlen, I, I really wanted it, him to be this like normal, average, everyday person, which my stats at the at level one perfectly showed. Yes. I'd like plus zeros and i had like a plus one somewhere um i remember that so i wanted him to be this normal person and then just everything went wrong so i think uh through that concept i've he had like for these three months he hasn't really known who he was yet and i feel like he's emerging now understanding slightly what his potential can be well, it's funny. It's like the one thing I when I when it's time for me to create Craval, aka Gurnval, um, I was like, you know, I, 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 no one ever does this. So I, you know, I went and did the whole. Let, we'll give the DM a very broad range of my backstory. And the one thing I wish I could have changed differently about that, looking at it, was it seems like every time anyone does an adventure story, and I'm, this is why I'm going to give you more credence or uh, kudos for, for creating Arlen. Your parents are alive. For some reason, yeah. everyone's backstory. <laughs> In every game you ever come to, someone's parent was dropped into a meat grinder, a ghost took them over, a knoll ate them. It's like that song, A Thousand Ways to Die. <laughs> no mm-hmm. one's parents are ever alive. You know, my, my dad's still kicking. Your dad is a demon. I mean, I'm talking about the mortal plane here. Are you an adventurer? Sorry about your parents and children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actually, there was a great cartoon someone did. I remember seeing on Twitter where they're like, and I'm going to create the character's backstory. And it shows the the you know players standing behind their character and then they just stab them in the back and, and suffer yeah exactly. <laughs> it's so true it's like yeah it's like oh yeah yeah they, they do tend to do that yeah but if you think about it i mean you're adventurers you're going out encountering horribly dangerous things everyone kind of wants to die i yeah probably there's I, I, there's the childhood trauma that makes you want to say oh there's an adult black dragon 
Yeah. Most people would just leave. Yeah. Or there's a lich. Hey, let's go fight it. I mean, yeah. Aside from a paladin who maybe has a different motive, the rest of us are like, well, maybe you not. know, yeah, we're okay. At yeah. least yeah. that's why my parents were alive until we came back and my dad was dead. My mom's still there. Well, the She's people that take this game to... more, way more seriously than I do, and I take it pretty seriously. They, it was funny. Somebody sat down. I think it might have been on Reddit. And they said, if you really look at it and put it in real world terms, right? Somebody who spends their entire life doing one particular thing, we'll call it, we'll use fighter as an example. At the end of their 20 year career as a fighter, they're maybe level five. So that's, and that's what separates an adventure from that is that the adventure is going out deliberately trying to find their good death, as it were. So. Although um, you guys as a party really have kind of followed more the uh, Sam Gamgee. you know, method and, and, you know, when he's sitting there talking with Frodo as they're on the border of going into Mordor and, and uh, they're talking about the old elven tales. And, and he said, I used to think that the uh, fine folks in those tales, you know, went and got involved in these adventures just because things were kind of boring back home. And now I realize that they were just swept up in them and, and had nothing to say in the matter. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, that definitely is the case for the party here where they've just kind of, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we got this problem, and now we got this bigger problem, and now this bigger problem, and now we're stuck in this entire world-ending scenario exactly. that we have to yeah, stop. It's like, hey, be an emissary and fight some sick wolves. Ah, eh, why not? Yeah. You know, now it's like, oh, a lich. I think, I think the next character I create is going to have the most hum, bummer, boring Baxter. They, Mom and dad are healthy and well. <laughs> they think, okay, if you really want to, we're supportive of you. Thanks. <laughs> it's know? like, sort of like, you encountered the displacer base. Neat. Let's go see what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wisdom score of six. Yeah. <laughs> Intelligence score of seven. That's so it cool. just clearly doesn't quite get it. You, sh- you should have a truly terrifying backstory. It's like, uh, my parents l- kicked me out of the house because I only got an A minus on my exactly. last test. <laughs> they won't let me back in until I get extra I only, credit. I only smited three beholders and they really wanted that fourth one. You can do better. Yeah. We re-raise you better than this. Real good. And so let's jump back into the sequence of questions that I had. Oh, that's and right. You're in charge. Yes. Huh? He, <laughs> thinks he's he in thinks he's in charge. He's in charge. The players are run amok. Yeah. Actually, have you seen the gif where the, the guy from, uh, I forget which cartoon it is. It's one of the claymation ones where he's basically throwing down railroad tracks as fast as he can in front of the train that he's riding on. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's what being a dungeon master is. You're not in control. You're just throwing the tracks down as fast as you can to keep the train going. But, um, so that's what we're all looking forward to in the uh, year upcoming. So let's look back on the year that we just had here. And obviously from you guys being trapped by Loquox and having to talk your way to that mm-hmm. all the way. And well, we, we began on a dragon and we ended on a dragon and Adri being slain by a dragon. Um, what was the best moment that you had in this? And remember we, uh, in between times, uh, returned to, uh, or went to Port of Magma and found out that, uh, Alistair was actually Cotter and, you know, solved a plague there, got the churches together to do that. Um, then had to take Gurnval to, the mountains and found out he's actually Kraval. We had a whole bunch of name changes this year. And was that uh, this year? That was this year. And, mm-hmm. he, and he became a war leader and or back to being war leader. And then got the next phylactery from the frozen waterfall, had Cotter's wedding. Orlana died. Um, the tabaxi reappeared for a little bit, dug in the desert and then went to Ferry for a while. And then you went to Ferramons and found out the Baron was actually a succubus. 
and then helped his cousin ascend to the throne through a crafting competition. Then she went missing. You had to find an abomination from the old gods in the Lunasa festival. And then uh, um, Adri and uh, Noan got an offer in the night from a Lowal. And then you had to go back up to the Dragonborns, and that's when you found out that the druids were actually, well, at least the spore druids are working for Lowell. Return to Lowford, finally, and then finally we had Adri's death here in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the jungle. You can't forget the very important visit to Ireland's family. Yes. Well, that was part of the Lowford visit, yeah. yeah we got it, to see the Waltons. I think um, the two things that really stuck out the most for me in terms of just in pure enjoyment of of uh of um this game for me as a play- one as a player and just one as a, a listener and observer of the game the first thing i really enjoyed was watching noan and adri spar in porta magnum for his mm-hmm. yeah. future bride that actually was it, was, just, it, was, it, was, it was my sister yeah. your sister that was really cool for a variety of reasons um, one was just watching the interaction between Jesse and Matt, just you know, laughing and joking about it, and it was, it was like it was almost a popcorn moment. I don't even like popcorn. I love popcorn. Um, You're a monster, Drew. I know. <laughs> well, we, uh, Jesse would. Yeah, she sees. She's probably shaking her head and agreeing. Um, she's not a fan of popcorn either. Uh, no, I'm talking about me being a monster. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, that was really a fun part for me, just to watch the whole thing, especially when you know you went to go play darkness, and I, I sorry, no, I want to see this thing end, so. <laughs> throw out the ball but um the other thing that i just really liked was uh the class change and the only reason i liked the class change was because at that point there was so many weird things going around the table with the split personality and the random chaos and then just throw that in at the end it was almost like the icing on the cake because everyone was like okay now what are you are you you, i think matt even said are you turning into a gnome next what's going on yeah (laughs) and at that point it was just uh it was just entertaining Half gnome. Let's be clear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the <laughs> the one thing also that I really enjoyed as a player was uh, the abomination, mm-hmm. the, because that's we kind of because we don't have a warlock, so we kind of brought in the whole warlock kind of side of things there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, as a player, I was so frustrated with the storyline because it always feels like we're always one step behind, and we haven't we hadn't gotten like a bad guy down in a while. They tended to get away. It was Ex- very frustrating. Exactly. Yeah. So when we finally had him in front of us in this large creature, that was like it was a good way for me as a player to vent that frustration, just go right into a rage. I know because I was frustrating Matt. Okay, let's back off. Nope, because <laughs> Cra- Craval Andrew had had enough. <laughs> This I, thing is the size of a house. I do not care. I'm not going to encounter a house and punch it. It's not going to work. <laughs> I did not care. It, it could have been four houses, and I'm still swinging at the ankle, man. I just do not care. What about you, Bryce? Uh My favorite moment over the last year was we were walking up a mountain after you had raged and become war leader and all that, mm-hmm. and you took me aside and grabbed my arm and said, you should be feeling eldritch, like infer or oh, inflict wounds, inflict necrotic wounds, damage, it, necrotic damage in your arm, and I'm just like, thank you, because <laughs> I was <laughs> back when you were saying, hey, I can't use my I forgot about powers that. of Dianect yet. Yeah. Here, let me demonstrate. You should be taking like sixty ten damage. You should be dying right now, yeah. but you're not. Thanks. <laughs> but that was also a really important part in that that was um, him confiding in in uh, Cotter that things were not going good and, and actually kind of 
you know, getting getting uh, the first steps towards being better. So and it was also kind of that was the beginning of the buddy cop movie that we've got going between the two of you. I was just about to say that's, and I don't know if it's because we're sitting next to each other in this game or what, but that's one thing I didn't expect when we started this game. I didn't because even though I don't didn't intentionally mean it to happen, it's almost like in the game, it's like Krival has become, even though he wasn't asked to be, almost has become this like mentor kind of thing mm-hmm. trying to encourage mm-hmm. this guy he sees that could be a great war leader for his people so whether he wants it or not Kraval's yeah. going to step in when he feels he needs to step in and i've been waiting to see, i'm not now that i think about it i'm almost waiting to see if bryce is gonna be like i'm gonna smite you if you don't shut up <laughs> <laughs> here's 60 10 damage exactly <laughs> and you will feel this <laughs> <laughs> it's channeling through my axe. So this is radiant damage now. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Anything else uh, that was really outstanding in this year, Bryce? Um, just the transition from Alistair to Alistair in denial to Cotter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was new. When were you in Egypt? Dude. Oh, sorry. But w- what is Alistair in denial out of curiosity? 6010 damage coming um, in. The... Going from Alistair to you guys know I'm Cotter and I'm sort of uncomfortable with the fact that I'm reassociated with my family to at this point, like you, you're all calling me Cotter. I'm doing things in my name more. Gotcha. Sort of thinking about my family back home while we're doing things. Well, when you created the Paladin, was this Cotter part even part of it or does that? Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. I, was, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I don't it know was, anything about your backstory. I was really. Cotter. Well, you should. Well, at this point, I'm saying that when you made so, the character, I wasn't like I was looking over your shoulder yeah. while you're writing it. He did the opposite of what you did. You gave me too much latitude and just left too much blank page for me to write up. Mm-hmm. He gave me too many specifics, so he gave me a blank page to write up. So gotcha. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I can see how this is all going to fit in. And he's like, what? Huh? What? But yeah, it was basically, ooh, I hate that people beat their servants in my society, so I'm going to run away and join a monastery as a paladin. And then I'm back here running the household, and that's something I'll have to deal with. Just Correct. don't beat your servants. Yeah, or yeah. your wife, or your your old dog that is, I think, still alive. No, nope, yeah. he died. He died. Oh, yeah. sure. he he lasted just long enough for Cotter to return. He does a really good job petting. of like killing off, off my rip, friends and ripping out your heart. <laughs> Stopping on it and giving it back to you. Yeah. My original backstory was, oh, I'm I'm the son of this noble we'll never see. We're, we're so minor. I just had it in there as backstory, and, and then it's like, in, oh in, yeah. In, in, in You're translation, get it was in son every of every city, yeah. Mm. Yeah. son of major noble. Yeah, sounds really good. And how about uh, how about you there, Matt? What uh, what was big on your list of uh, best moments this year? So my favorite fight was the Remoras because they're my one of my mm-hmm. favorite monsters. Yeah. That I was, was a glad cool we monster. Could do that. that was a fun fight for me too because I remember like after you'd taken about a third of your damage or two thirds of your damage mm. just from hitting it, yeah. and yeah. You, I just remember just this, you know, cricket moment where you could just see the wheels turning in your head. Like I can't keep doing this or I'll kill myself killing it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what key points do I have now? But um, you know, throwing darts. That's just. Not no on style. So mm-hmm. you should just do all your damage in one attack. You know, just deal massive damage at once instead of a lot of little things. Well, you know, that's <laughs> he's really, really trying to sell this yeah. paladin yeah. to him. <laughs> and then you know, you divine spite miss. Uh, you know, but uh, but the actual favorite part of the story is actually the dragonborn. So hmm. I like seeing how that community arises from a no on point of view. No one's never had family. 
And that's really the first glimpse of a tight-knit society that he's ever seen, where people will live for each other and die for each other and sacrifice. And even the horrific honor fights, you know, it's like, hmm, he's never seen that. So, uh, you know, given the cloak to the little wormlings there and uh, and uh, trying to be part of that now. The reveal here for you, Drew, is no one's always a, a little saddened that he never gets the uh, request for a scar. I mean, dude, mm. he's jumping on top of the dragon and stabbing it and punching in its head. Not <laughs> once has he ever said, wow, you're a, a great warrior, you know, well, but he's always in the middle of it. Always the, the, the tank. funny thing about that. And there was, there was actually is a legitimate reason why no one hasn't been requested a scar yet is and I think we I think we might have even talked about this one time. So in the Dragonborn society, it's when you do something that's outside the norm that everyone didn't expect. So no one's always been that guy that fights. But like when Cotter got his, it was because Cotter stepped up as a champion to be part of this family. So he got that scar. Adri was give was the most thing she's done was defeat her greatest foe in honorable combat. So that's why she got the heart in that one moment. I know that at some point I'll have the same thing with you, but with no one being as close, close Nizzy is, Craval mm-hmm. doesn't have a clue what your great enemies are, what your biggest. Um, and actually, we did have a really good moment, and I'll bring that in a second. Um, we haven't had that moment yet because I haven't seen you take out something that's been like something chasing you. Like she had the black dragon. Cotter stepped up for the first time in his, and I know he's a paladin, but in my opinion, it's the first time in his entire life he stepped up out of his bounds because he was backing up what he found was a brother in arms. Our moment, even though it wasn't a scar-worthy moment, was when you were telling us the story about how Lowell and Dianect, and you turned both of them down. That was a very awesome moment. That was the best, one of the best story yeah. playing between us that I liked. So, yeah. I like that, too. I remember... Yeah. That that made up a dialogue that you had. Yeah. But um. So, anyways, that's uh, what I like is seeing uh, that society, how that society unfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we may still yet go back to them. We'll just have to see. At the very least, we got to go back and see the Noan fan club and see how big it's gotten. Yes. yes. <laughs> and and how about you, the Owen? The cult of Noan. Yeah, the cult of Noan. Uh, how? What was the best moment of the year or moments of the year for you this this last year? I really liked um getting closure on the all of the things that were happening like we had a suspicion that everything was getting um was caused by uh a low all but finally we got confirmation that yes a low all is doing this and we don't have to search for some other thing we all know it's for low all and now i think we can just focus all of our attention on finding these phylacteries and finally taking him down to stop all the horribleness that's happening. Yeah. Although, um, as, as you've seen, like with the case of the succubus, um, she didn't seem to have a connection to the low wall that you can determine. So it still mm-hmm. seems like there's a bunch of bad actors out there that basically are just taking advantage of the situation, much the way the fungus is taking advantage of the, the conditions that a low wall is setting up to, go and ruin all the crops and but everything. I, I thought that was the spore druids pushing a Lowell's will. Um, they seem to be doing that, but they can't be doing that everywhere. I mean, it, I'm just saying like, you know, in the middle of the forest, 
you know, it's the extra moisture that's causing all the fungus to grow. Mm -hmm. And and in this case, the fungus is bad actors that are like, hey, things are unstable. I can go and mess this thing up that's right in front of me. So while Alowal is playing kind of the long game, there's a lot of people playing the short game. And I have mm-hmm. I have to wonder. And that's a problem. Is is Alowal the the main antagonist, or is he too just a pawn to something greater? We'll have to see. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I have theories on that. I have theories too. And I, and and one of the one of the reasons I have a lot of more theory, or at least I have a lot of more questions. At least where you're concerned, it's I think of, of everybody. We haven't really touched on you and Adrian the most, and you you slightly eke out Adrian in that aspect because we haven't touched you. I, I don't think at all. Adrian, we know she's a dark elf. That's we know she escaped. We know that she's half. And we know we know things about her. Honestly, in the four months, what do we know about no one? He hits hard. He jokes. That's about, about it. He, no, he, he jokes he, about he, his dad. He, yeah, but we don't know. Again. Is that actually a yeah. joke? Is he actually knowledgeable that? Oh yeah. If I if I go to this spot, tap this root three times, my dad will pull me back home, and I can eat a sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah, because that's like what he sandwiches. wants. Yeah, that's the one thing he wants the most in the world to see the sandwich. But um, and actually, we'll, why don't we jump forward into that and talk about the backstories? Um, obviously, we have had Arlen's backstory come out, but at the same time, it still seems to be rolling on. Um, you know, we've got the problem of. Everybody that seems to have been affected by this mad guy in the desert seems to be exploding. And uh, the big question is, is this going to happen to Arlen or not? Or is this something we're sort of in Creval style, we're going to have to go and do some sort of intervention to keep him from exploding? We'll just have to see. Um, and then Cotter's backstory came out, and then Creval's this, this year. And it seems like those are kind of wrapped up, but still moving on. I mean, they're developing, but at least we got the big surprise reveal. And actually, was this a huge surprise? Both of those ones, Cotter's and Creval's backstory, was, was this a huge surprise to everybody, the way it rolled out? Yeah, I just, I mean, I thought Creval was just going nuts. And the fact that there's these suppressed memories, that was that was cool. And Connor, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't as surprising to me because... There were, there were a lot more Cotter hints than there were Creval hints. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, in, that, uh, like that time we sat down and I explained that I was the son of a noble family? And no, not even that. It was because before you did that, it's when we ran into somebody who recognized you. Yeah, that you was, ran into that and that was like, okay, op- he called a Cotter, there's a secret here. And that was the time. Well, at, we, at the la- same time. later you took us and sat us down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, there was the first one was we were in we just got it. No, port. You're in Colesquarium Colise. Okay. There were the ships. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. With right. my family's sign on them, and I was like, oh, I can't go there. Yeah. I mean, I it, it was a very uh, Lion King Simba moment. Well, and and you know, sort of the the noble son going on crusade yeah. is is uh, a little more understandable than. You know, someone flashbacking to their barbaric roots. Yeah, at the same time, when you guys ended up in in uh, Porta Magnum, and all of a sudden you ended up in the uh, high rent district, did you guys see that coming? No. Um, even though you say he's part of a noble family, I because I didn't know what your world was like, so I didn't know how noble. I if there was, if there was any surprise, it was more like, ooh, okay, he's you know he's a man with stroke. In this area, he's, mm-hmm. he's got all the power to 
he could have killed our whole party just by saying seize them. You know what I mean? Well, and the most surprising part of that was little as just how little power he had. Like, I'm like, let's just run up a tab. Well, we don't have that much. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, <laughs> then you're like, oh, noble in name only. Yeah. We got gotcha. you. You know. But that now that now that he has the Sinia character with him, that's probably going to change quite a bit. And as we've been going around, it's like, hey, we just saved your city. Want to set up some favorable trade deals? I know just the person. Yep. It's all a business opportunity. And yet, hopefully, as we move out of financial trouble, we might be able to use some of that money somewhere. Well, I, I have a feeling before... One of the things I've been tr- that I've been trying to do as a character, because I can see where Cabal would do that, is like when it comes time, like, we need more. We need this. Well, I need this. Well, how can I do that? So we connected Sienna and... and uh, Cynthia and Creval's sister, whose name is I'm breaking on, together, and then now we tied them into Nola for potential mining as well. Mm-hmm. I think at some point we're going to tie it into Arlen's family as well, so we're all going to become much more. How? I, I don't think. I don't know, Arlen's but I see apples, something. Some, no. Apples. Yeah, they something. make good apples. Yeah, pies. Well, I mean, how? At some point, someone's going to have to come up that's very good at farming and help re replant, recrop, and show the Dragonborn a better way of growing their crops. That was pretty uh, epic how you taught them how to use yeah, the wheat. You, that you was taught, an yeah, epic exactly. moment in the game. Yeah. That's, these are the these are the things, you know. That's really good. How heroes are born, not just by slaying beasts. Um I know, I know you kind of brought this I up so I'm going to start I want to kind of go back to Arlen for half a second here. Um I had a question for you cuz I know I, I watched your face when you were doing it, but the whole lead up where uh your apprentice, whose name was Orlana. Thank you, Orlana. Orlana. All the way up to the moment she finally expired, because you're making the mm-hmm. face right now, the, the mm-hmm. upset cat that, face, the angry cat face, that, that, or unhappy uh-huh. cat face. Um, did that really affect yeah. you as a person? Because I hate to say it, because yeah. I'm going to lose a lot of fan base, and I have known to begin with. But I had a very, as a player, I had a very no on view. I was like, okay, thank God she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I. I- I was very in character at that point, and I I could feel that no one and Creval were just like, ugh, finally she's gone. We don't have to deal with this random random girl trailing us around who doesn't know anything. And uh, that's kind of why I took first watch immediately afterwards, because I just kind of needed a little bit of time to just like sit down and like think about what just happened kind of alone because I didn't really feel like anybody else really would care that she was gone. And during that watch, I kind of just made a little gravestone for her. And I just kind of did it in private and quiet because as Arlen, I just didn't feel like uh, anybody really put that much into it and then after the session i was actually like really sad yeah you lost your only apprentice there i, I had that moment with the whole role-playing of the prayer and whatnot but i think the in, in the game at least i think this is where i think no one and creval were the, ever the most like-minded it wasn't that we didn't like orlana we didn't like the fact that she wasn't a proven warrior 
in any shape or form. It's like, why are you here? Because all she could do was whine, but it wasn't put out that she was trying to skill. You know what I mean? She was all about being happy and going to Port of Magnum and having her hair long and this, that, and the other. And I think for Craval, and I'm not going to speak for Nolan, but it was like hand to head going, oh, I'm just going to rip her head off and save Owen from, or save Arlen from himself. Well, and from Nolan, it's like, we're fighting a lich. Really? Yeah. You care about your hair? <laughs> exactly. At that point, it's like, you're just useless. Yeah. Weren't you the one who wanted to seal the brush to use all the time? Well, I wanted the brush, yeah, because it would be cool. <laughs> but I also can fight liches. That, that's 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 like a young that's like a kid seeing a toy he really really wants. I I got that. As soon as you did, that, I was like, I know exactly why he's doing this. This is a cool toy I want to play with. And I I know I thought Orlana was an interesting way for the dungeon master to influence things if we got out of hand. You know, Actually, like, I didn't plan on it that way, but it ended up being very, yeah a very useful tool where it's like. Oh my gosh, these guys are going down the wrong path again. Oh look, Orlana just found right. just pointed out the one thing that's obvious to all of you that you're missing. Well, sometimes the dice roll roll that way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But the then players like, won't see it and the dice roll won't let them see it. Kreval was going crazy and we're all about to attack each other. Unicorn. Yeah. Unicorn. Stop, stop doing things, please. That was actually really cool, I thought. Yeah, it's just the oh look, the die landed exactly this way. What a Yeah. Well, yeah, it was quite it obvious was... to me. Couldn't you see it behind my screen? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, and when you're having visits from gods, you know, or, visions, yeah. you're 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 part of the bigger, bigger picture. I mean, who gets mm-hmm. one visit from Dianek in a dream? Let alone what I've had five. I have no that, idea. Yeah. You've had so many, so it's sort of like, hmm. Well, the one thing I'm still looking forward to figuring out because it hasn't come up in game because Adri's doing this, or excuse me, Jesse's doing the same thing you were doing with Noan is keeping it very close to the vest is we haven't even begun to address the fact that technically she's probably still being followed by that one person. And the fact that I've caught it several times, but I can't say anything because I haven't caught it in game. She keeps seeing the same gray fox. Mm-hmm. Yo, and, and, I mean, and what Adri and Noan do talk. So, I mean, during game, we're passing notes and stuff. So. As characters, it's like they third d- grade here. Yeah, <laughs> did, but they 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 know a lot more th- about what's happening with each other but than the not, rest of you. Yeah, but the, and, and, but that and that's great because it shows the whole camaraderie and that that's what happens when you have someone who's like when you have two people from the same situation mm-hmm. in ways. But for the rest of the party, as a player, I'm like at some point it's just going to come up, and if it doesn't come up, I have to shrug and let it go. Even though I really would love to explore that facet, it hasn't come up organically yet, so you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, on the, the backstories notes here, um, obviously, like I said, we've got these ones that have come out. Um, whose backstory are you most looking forward to seeing come out next? We've got two more that have re- I mean, we've hinted at no one. We've hinted at, at uh, Adri's, but we haven't really seen a whole lot. And then there seems to be a little more of everything else going on. Um, I remember having a similar question the last time we did an interview, and I was very interested in seeing Adri's. And I still am because I like the whole idea of the dark elves and the drow. But in terms of just pure chaos, the potential behind no one is far and away the most. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're facing a lich, and I have, a, depending on what no one's backstory is, that could be three times as more dangerous as this lich will ever be. So that, that part, I'm, I'm eagerly looking forward to seeing what no one's backstory is. And if it ends up being like plain Jane, it's plain Jane. But I don't think that's what the case is going to be. Yeah, I'm also yeah. really interested in seeing Noan's backstory 
Uh, I don't know if it's just me being a b- bad player and not picking up on things. It's you being a but, bad player. But, like, no okay, one hasn't given an inch. Like, he hasn't given anything He's to given hint at. some things. Well, he is. And like I said, and I've seen it, and he called it out. And I've seen no one change. Craval has seen no one change. But it, Craval and no one aren't. Are, they're, they're known factors. He knows Craval's a, a good fighter. And he said it too. He's like, You're a barbarian who's running. I'm a cleric who's also got to keep. I'm, I'm a war leader keeping his war party alive. And at some point, there's going to become a situation between Craval and the rest of the party where a role play moment, which I'm still building in my head, but it's going to happen at some point. And then I also know one for all the giggles he goes for even to Arlen. He knows that Arlen's a fighter with magic. Craval's a fighter with magic and strength. You know, he's got that down. So. Yeah, as far as, you know, no one's backstory, okay. We're going to hell. I'm, you know, are we going to meet some uh, family there? It's probably not going to be quite as uh, welcoming as, you know, the half-elves, but uh, but also being torn with Dynek and some of those visions. So what what's going to happen there? Yeah, what's Dynek's or long even, game in this? Or even if that is Dynek, because, oh, you gee. know, devils can yeah. play with you too. So, um you know, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't really know how that's going to pan out because you know you're like, oh, great, another latent offspring. You know, yeah. no one, you know, didn't didn't go home for the summer. You know, <laughs> so really, what? Yeah, what's that all mean? And mm-hmm. I think the fact that you know, as you're coming more and more into those higher levels, you're going to start garnering the attention of the other because you did have that conversation with your mother. Mm-hmm. So as you're gaining higher and higher in level, whoever dad is and the more abilities you're, I yeah, that's got to be a temptation mm-hmm. for him to finally come up and acknowledge this offspring he gave that he really may not have cared about. Hey, son, do you want a place in the family business? Well, may not even be that much of he may not even be that nice about it. It's like, come on, time to go. Here, here. Excuse me? You're in control of these legions. Yep. So uh, <laughs> We give up. <laughs> sure, Dad, but I need some help. I need some underlings, and mm-hmm. I have four of them right here, you know. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Definitely. Okay, so we talked about our best moment. What was the worst moment for you uh, this year? And, and Arlen, I think we also already heard about it uh, from from Arlen's point of view, Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the death of Arlana there. Uh, any other bad moments this year, or do you want to toss it off to somebody else? Um, I think that one takes the cake. Uh, yeah. Maybe something might come of that in the future who knows mm-hmm. yeah that'll be very interesting to see and who, who else had a bad moment uh matt i wouldn't say i have a, a super bad moment but no one has just a constant stream of disappointing moments i mean for instance like you went to the dwarves and actually was the one who negotiated that first ceasefire no one constantly are doing these things that is instrumental for kind of saving the day. And then it's like, oh, yeah, bye. You know, Cotter gets the award and Craval gets the award. And I'm like, and no one's like, well, that's just great. You know, so mm-hmm. it's in each one of these milestones, there's always something like, well, you know, hey, 
thanks. Now just give me some gold then, you know, mm-hmm. at least a little token. So there isn't enough of a, a bond between people to be really disappointed or really be elated, but it's always just like mm, more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. Just just what I expect. I think that, the, I the think guy with the also, horns gets the shaft. That well, that's about right. And I right. think that's also brought also about again because you play things so close to the vest that now you're finally coming out, but we're so used to you being close to the vest and like I care for nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um in a in a similar way, as a player, and I know I've talked to you off of uh Mark about the one thing that I that the one thing that it wasn't even a bad thing, but for me as a player as a person almost made me want to walk away from the entire table was the whole surprise surprise about having the whole matron mother being the sister and having to marry Craval mm-hmm. was not okay with that any way shape or form and, and actually I, I was thinking I with what it. we should have done is we should have uh, you know basically had that whole thing kind of laid out where you know the, the matron mother always is the consort of the uh, of the war leader and then so you could have the light bulb come on moment. It's like, oh no, he got me. But <laughs> well, I, I, and you did, and I was like, I was like, okay, I've deserved this because I know I surprised you a couple times without, you know, way off script without even consulting you, and that's a big no-no for any player to do to any DM. But that was the one thing I was like, in any other facet, any other way, I, I would have gone with it. But the fact it was, and because, and, and I, I looked over at Adrian, and sometimes I can't tell if Jesse's joking or not, and it's like, and then it's gone on other ways. And I'm like. And I'm, I don't know why. I can't even tell you why it bothers me, but it does. Well, I think uh, Jesse had the the best comment there, where she just just kind of deadpans out, "I'm uncomfortable." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now imagine being the person that's happening to that had no idea it was coming. Yeah. But on the other side of that, because um, and it's come up, and the way you've handled the whole, because I don't think anyone, I don't think in Dragon of the Coast has really even addressed it. When you started addressing how Dragonborn became, mm-hmm. that was actually a really tie in, good tie into that, because like. You know, they didn't know that Loquax has was carrying Craval's brood, and now it is. And all of a sudden, I'm look, watching Jesse like literally having a complete half a brain meltdown at trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. Yeah, it, it was really great. She's like, "Did I miss something here?" It's like, "Yes, you did," oh, yeah. because we had this conversation between Drew and I without anybody else yeah. in the room. So, I mean, Bryce was almost like an Al Bundy, huh, whatever. Owen's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, we can do that." You know, Matt was like, "Whatever," and then but Jesse was like. Eh! <laughs> the whole time it's like yes dragons do this not yours yours wants to melt you but yeah. and, and actually the, that was a really good uh dungeon master moment because we didn't talk about this being the genesis of the dragonborn people this is something that you came up with on the spur of the moment it's and it's just one of those things where the dungeon master you just kind of smile and go yes that's exactly how it happened what what he just said yes and it's just it just kind of shows how you know five brains are better than one when it comes to inventing everything because i wouldn't have even made that that connection and then it's like yes that makes a very good you know point that's exactly how it happened well you asked me what i know you put it out because you know for those that are listening we do have twitter accounts um on twitter and you said well how do you explain how dragonborn were born and i didn't post a reply but i was sitting there at home one day doing chores and i was like how did Dragonborn, how do Dragonborn have kids? What happens, you know, what happens if you have a red Dragonborn and a gold Dragonborn? What does that do to the eggs? And again, way more thought than it's probably really yeah. deserved. So that when it happened to come up, I'm like, okay, here's my answer. And yeah. now it's canon for this game. Yeah, and it's brilliant. So that's good. Yeah. And uh, Bryce, any uh, bad moments in the in this last year? I think it was pretty awkward also for me to get married, but not because of what was going on and how it happened. Just... I, I know it was awkward for you, and I, I, but I think talk about the sheer 
brilliance of the DM putting two players on the spot because I think it was only within like three hours, maybe six hours, that we went from being in the mountains in a Maori slash a Maori Native American style mm. wedding to a formal old English wedding and having to make the players respond to two drastically different weddings. 30 minutes later, Craval's hitched. Six hours later, and we're all wondering if we can rage and run a rampage as they're still talking about their vows. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we've got a word to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but first, cucumber sandwiches. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, must, it must be Wednesday. And rose water. Yeah. And, rose and rose water. Yeah, so that was actually a good time. And then finally, the last thing. So um, obviously, um, we've had a lot of developments in the game and a lot of things have happened, but... What are the abiding mysteries that are still hanging in the air for you guys that you that we're looking forward to to uh, investigating as we go forward? Uh, obviously, finishing the riddle—that's the first one. I mean, that's the most obvious. It's just seeing the rest of the uh, surprises and guardians for the rest of phylacteries that I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and the, the potential sail across the sea no one sails across. That's that's the immediate one for me. Um learning how we're going to get to these locations because i was reviewing the uh poem and it's like i said a castle on a cloud how the heck are we going to get there where would this be and then another one's like smoke coming out of a cave and it's like that one that one i kind of have an idea on that one everywhere but um that one's the first one and the second one is Will I explode? <laughs> that's that's one of the things that, you know, because I know you and I have kind of talked about it, Owen, okay. but that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because that, that one's been in the back of my mind. Is that, and by the way, whether it does or not, that whole tree tattoo thing as part of mm-hmm. creation, I'm going to keep telling you this, is freaking great. I don't Thank know you. what inspired you to do that, but the more I think about it, just if I could, if I could somehow tattoo that on myself, and make it grow, I totally would do it. Mm-hmm. That is such a great idea. Well, you just go to the tattoo artist. No, I want a months. tattoo that freaking grows. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. How great would that be? You get yeah. some like photoreactive ink or exactly. something. Exactly. That would just, just in my mind, picturing that is just wow. You get the first tree, then you spend the next 20 years of your yeah, life I as guess. a level one character. Yeah. But uh, the only thing, I think the things I also like the most is it almost sounds like a druidic thing, but it's not. And that's another thing. Yeah. It's, so. it, it was somewhat based off sorry, of I that. Didn't, sorry I'm throwing a tangent, but I always meant to compliment you on that particular aspect of your character creation. I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Sorry, um, what was the question again? Mr. What other mysteries do we have outstanding that you guys are looking forward to unraveling in this next year or two? I'm actually curious as to see how the party is going to be viewed worldwide. So we've been responsible for overthrowing several baronies, stopping wars, establishing trade. Are we going to, when are we going to stop being viewed as just those weirdos who are going around to, are we going to be offered a barony? Well, that's, and you made a half a joke about it. I thought that would be kind of interesting, but about taking over each barony. But I had that same question because in game time, I think you said it was four months. Something like that. uh, At this point, there should be enough travel out of the game where it's like have you heard about these weird guys that keep showing up at various cities where rat drastic things keep happening well what do they look like well there's a large dragon-like creature and a guy with horns you can't miss them 
So it, it would be at this point, and we're talking attacking, you know, going after a lich. At some point, we we stop being a party of just of adventurers, and we become the hope figureheads. Yeah, with the states. I mean, at some point, someone's going to say, "We need you to run this town." One one. Of the, it's not really a mystery, but it's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing what Jesse does. And I don't want her to say anything right now because it might ruin the surprise she has on the road. But I'm always wondering if she's going to throw off that yoke of I can't show anything and finally just drop an effort bomb on it and like this is me. Deal with it. I just killed the lich. So, pow! I'm a half drow. Next. <laughs> yeah. Anyone want to come say? I no? just killed a drow. What are y'all gonna do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I killed a lich. You know, yeah. What are y'all gonna do? Yeah, well, I just the drow. Obviously, uh, you've been instrumental in having the Dragonborn being accepted as not just the barbarians of the mountains, and obviously, it's still an open question as to whether the barbarians of the mountains will accept that uh, as well. But it's, uh, yeah, and I know there's yeah. also there's yeah. even though most of my I think most of my backstory is done. I know there's still a couple open questions mm. that have to be solved still, but. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, accepting the the drow might be a bridge too far. We'll well, just see. I don't get the feeling from the way she's playing that she's trying to make the drow accepted. So I'm not. That's what. That's why I'm kind of curious to see what she's. She's not like an ambassador of the underworld. Hey, we're not all all. bad aside from the Mm -hmm. child sacrifice. And the torture and the enslavement yeah. and and the spiders. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's too. Don't even start, yeah, don't even demon worship. Else. Yeah. Side of that, we're pretty good people. Yeah. Yeah. Any other mysteries we're looking forward to seeing the outcome in, in the next little while? Well, and we have the riddles, and there's some like one that references hell. Okay, probably, and one I can guess, but you know, I don't think they're all going to be quite as obvious. There's been a no. few that weren't as I expected because I, I want to see think where we're those headed, are. I think we're headed to our last obvious one. And then after that, yeah. like, we're going to sit down and really put our heads together where this boss is going to be. I mean, is this a plane of fire type of thing? We're, or I mean, we're, we're We've gonna, been pretty material plane-based, and I think that's going to change. Well, now that we've done a lot of exploration of Port of Magnum, I have a feeling we're going to go back and see Mr. Albino Librarian again to figure the rest of these out. And I, that's Most for you. Uh, and I think at some point we're going to have to go visit Kermit at the observatory because that comet's getting closer and closer. Now I'm having like a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Seven vibe from it. So, yeah, that's another mystery. What's the comet about? What's mm-hmm. going to happen? Will it crash? Will it just pass us by? Yeah. What's going to happen? Space dragon. Mm-hmm. Or oh, that would be lovely. Yankee. Yeah, there's all sorts of interesting things. The dragon's been orbiting for ten thousand years. We don't and know. Now it's home. Well, keep in mind we've seen now three dragons in this little island, and I mean it's a big island, but we can say it's a little island compared to the world. It's not we really saw one an black island. one. We know where one white one is, and we've seen the gold one. Brass gold. Brass. Look, brass. Brass, is brass. Brass. Okay, so we know brass one. So three dragons on this island. Is there a fourth? A fifth? Was and we've heard tales of a blue in the in the uh, yeah. desert. So actually, no, that was a brass in the desert. That and that was low quack. Yeah, that was brass on. Yeah. Oh, I thought we no. And remember, she she was very lonely, so okay. um, yeah. she might talk your ear off. But wasn't uh, there a what did the tabaxi ride? They rode. It was some sort of metallic dragon. It could have been uh, gold. It could have been silver. It was it was dark of night, so they had trouble seeing what it was. So you see was, what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's definitely at least another metallic dragon out there that's unaccounted for. I mean, who encounters three big dragons in, you know, like four months? That's people who go looking for them. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you look at legends of the world, it's like if you look at a village, you know, that the 
the leading family has the sword from great grandpa who saw a dragon once, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, <gasps> we're like, oh, yeah, another one. Yeah, we killed it. Melted our party, but we won't talk about that. Right. Yeah. No, we'll talk about Stories that. Stories are written by the victors, not the, you know. Yeah, we what may have group you? therapy about that, actually. What so. about you? What are you the most interested in looking at? Oh, I know the answer to all the mysteries. No, so. I mean from us as players. <laughs> but I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going down the line. Um, you know, obviously, um, we've got some very um, unclear objectives coming up in the near future. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the party handles those hurdles because um, there's some of them where uh, things are not going to be desirable and they're going to have to do them anyway. So. I'm pretty sure this one's going to come out after the fact. So everyone's going to know for the you know spoiler alerts that Adri got killed. No, that just that just happened just now. Right. Yeah. This but, week. But by the time this comes out, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah that's what know that. came out this week. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, as a party, I was thinking about we're hitting that level where death not isn't necessarily a scary thing, but more of like a where's the diamonds mm. type deal. Yeah. A major inconvenience. Yeah. Unless you are dissolved into a puddle of goo, and mm-hmm. then it's a little harder to bring a body back. I was I was looking at at, my, at the cleric side of things. I know I need to get like I think it's level nine as a cleric, which is level twelve for everybody else, to get to that next resurrection where it's like as long as it's like been like a week or six months, you can still do this. At that point, it's really almost a mute point. Well, what will be interesting there is this would be the really fine role playing is does the character want to come back exactly mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean everyone doesn't want to shred their character but at some point you might like this has been awful maybe maybe arlen loses another apprentice or whatever is like you know or he explodes yeah or whatever it's just like i'm in paradise and that that's kind of something i got to think about with creval because creval in the worst society is you fight you fight if you die doing what you knew you were meant to do you're happy you don't you don't there you're done yeah. you've done exactly what you were set out to do you went down in a glorious blaze of combat and hopefully victory yeah well i did basically the dragonborn after the klingons so exactly yeah. so mm-hmm. once you've crossed over and you're everyone praises your name i'm gonna bring him back he's probably not gonna want to come back he's right where he wants there to would be. have to be a reason like uh oh, you didn't finish your yeah. job or you know, sorry, Dad took your soul somewhere else. We gotta go get it. But yeah, exactly. The free and willing parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah it's yeah. like when Galtabar was saying, "Hey, you have Orlana's hair. Does Orlana really want to come back to the? Oh, I'm about to blow up right as soon as you revive me because I still can't control what's going on." Well, yeah. th- and that that, that would be a DM thing. Cause I know, like, it's certain things. Like, I, I know for the resurrection side of things, let's just say no one dies because of a curse, right? So he's been cursed. Once you resurrect him, the curse is gone. So he's yeah. fine. But again, no one's not going to know that. At, you know, I'm going to die now, so being back will be curseless. You know what I mean? He's not going to know that. Neither would have Arlana. So it's a good question. They did a fine job of that in Buffy the Vampire Slayer of the series. I'll tell you right on that. <laughs> you should watch it. But they bring her back. And she. the thing is, she's like, I was in heaven. And now I'm here with you fighting losers. these things again. Oh, yeah. And I know she, you're talking for like about. an entire season, just depressed. Yeah. I was warm. I was happy. I was safe. And you took that from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, this has been about 
wasn't an hour and 20 minutes longer than I thought it was going to be, but I think we had some good uh, progress here in our group therapy, and I think we should keep meeting weekly <laughs> until we uh, actually work out all these problems. And uh, so thank you guys for joining us here, and uh, we'll look well, forward to seeing what we have in the future. I've said it before, but thank you for being our Dungeon Master. Well, thank you guys for being the, the cast. And like I said, I mean, we've seen other ones go by the wayside and, you know, cast members leave and that sort of thing. And so it's uh, it's been great that everybody here has been committed to doing the whole thing. Can I ask you one question before we go off? Because this is actually something I've wanted to ask you. Do you ever see us forgetting about just going ahead and taking like an e-tag on our podcast? Or are we always going to shoot for the non-e-tag? Always on non-e-tag. I was just curious. Yeah. Just curious. It's a family adventure. Which is great. Yeah. I think there's a, you don't see that a lot. So yeah. anyway, thank you. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't see the need to change the tone. Me neither. Nope. No. Very good.